Happy Monday and welcome back to another mini-review for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Brought to you by the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we read between the lines of our favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. We release a new episode every Friday uh, discussing some form of pop culture, usually a movie, uh, but it can be TV shows, comic books, and everything in between. And we analyze the social and political themes within. These mini-reviews are something that we've been doing every week uh, following The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+, Plus, just to kind of have a little bit of fun and not be so serious. Uh, But the series had other plans, it turns out. Uh, So we will actually be releasing an episode uh, which will be more of a maxi-review of the series as a whole on uh, Friday, April 30th. So if you want that, both Ty and myself will be on that episode. And for those of you who are, who are like, oh, who's Ty? Uh, maybe go back and listen to the first mini-review. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, there are a couple of hosts on this podcast. Myself, I go by the name of Mike Booch, and my co-host, Ty. So on these mini-reviews, we haven't necessarily spoken with each other about how we feel about uh, the week, uh, this week's episode. Uh, Instead, we just say our thoughts and do it separately, and then they're edited together, and we'll see what Ty thought similarly to me, what he thought opposite of me, or maybe he'll bring up some stuff that I didn't even mention at all, and vice versa. So, here we go. Uh, This is Mike Booch's part of the review, episode 5 of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Truth. And I can officially call it The Falcon and the Winter Soldier because... They actually gave Sam stuff to do in this uh, second to last episode, but I guess let's make him a full character now. Uh, but wow, uh, what an episode. Part of me was very skeptical of it, just um, you know, just from having a peek behind the curtain, being in uh, some semblance of the film industry or the entertainment industry. You know, I've been on sets of uh, TV shows and film. Uh, you know, I've seen the editing process, so to see, like, this episode go so dramatic, uh, was, was, I mean, it was pretty cool what they did, but it it did seem a little out of place, uh, you know, they really went in on this whole, like, John Walker, a a fallen hero, uh, blah, 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 like, that seemed to be the whole narrative, uh, but, yeah, this thing starts off with John Walker uh, running away from nobody except for Sam and Bucky, because apparently the cops would not be chasing after him. Uh, one thing about this show that I've been seeing in a lot of different sources is that there were reshoots because there was a storyline that involved a virus, and that was a little bit too COVID-adjacent for the showrunner's liking, so they changed it around and, you know... You can kind of see where it's changing the show, but I think part of it also is just with these reshoots and having to maintain COVID-19 guidelines, there are a lot fewer people seen in the show. So I personally feel like this could have been a whole episode just getting John Walker to justice. Uh, Let's have the cops chase him down, Uh, you know, because he's in another country. Why would their military not be chasing down this guy who just came over their borders and 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 murdered a foreign national like uh, that that just kind of threw me off 
I mean, Nico sounded like he was American, but maybe he was like a foreign national because he was snapped back from the. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the specifics necessarily, but, uh, but yeah. So they, you know, that that aside, they do had this. You know, also, I really <laughs> maybe not that aside because I would have also liked to have seen Sam and Bucky like testify on their behalves and uh, against John too. Like they were witnesses to this whole thing. They were the ones who were who broke a man out of prison. Uh, out of a maximum security prison and and you know went out of anyone's jurisdiction to to go find the flag smashers and yet there's no repercussions for them so that just seemed a little weird to me that they just kind of let them off I mean they ended up letting off John too you know absolutely fine they, they have a super soldier in their possession and no way would the United States military ever uh, <laughs> ever try to use him to their own advantage? No, they'll just let him go on their way because they're so fair and altruistic all the time. That that was ridiculous to me, you know. But I guess it's also just to show the difference of how they handle someone like John, you know, who is, you know, a, a boy scout. He's you know he's uh, blonde hair, blue eyed, white skinned, and and how he's seen as a sympathetic character. But they'll throw someone like Isaiah Bradley in prison for rescuing his, you know, his uh, his his brothers in arms. Uh, but let me get back to this, this fight. Uh, this fight was pretty cool. Like it was intense. Um, but also just having a background in martial arts, I can say nobody fights like this. Uh, I mean, Bucky, yeah, people fight like that. Cause Bucky seems to be more of a brawler, but, uh, you know, he's great with a knife, but you know, John Walker and, and Sam were going back and forth with these wild, uh, you know, acrobatics and aerial maneuvers. I mean, Sam has the wings and, you know, they've shown since episode one that he can use them to his advantage, but even without the wings, he's doing all these flips and everything. But I guess it's to show later on that, like, you know, that's something that helps him be captain america uh we saw that in age of ultron especially that steve rogers was like going nuts with a lot of the gymnastics moves and sam does the same thing later on at the end of this episode when he's training with the shield and i think it's uh, once again i don't know if this actually makes sense in real life i don't think it does but for comic book and superhero uh, story purposes yeah he you know throws the shield and if he's surrounded by a bunch of enemies they're going to be shooting at him or trying to attack him. So he keeps moving while the shield is around, you know, knocking everybody out and disarming people. He's he's moving so he doesn't get shot and he has a less likely chance of being injured and then grabs the shield. So that, you know, in the comic book world, yeah, that made a lot of sense to me. Uh, back to this fight. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody fights like this, but it was interesting. It was cool to see Bucky and Sam have to work together to break this dude's arm in another Thanos Infinity Gauntlet moment. Um you know, John, I did, I did really like, uh, I, was it a trial? I mean, he wasn't court, court martialed, but you know, when John Walker was relieved of all of his, all of his, uh, titles and medals and, and all this other stuff and ranks, I just don't think that's what happens in real life. You know, you see, uh, you know, you see soldiers and, and, and cops who may do terrible things and besmirch the name of the, of the, title to which they're serving but even then like there's still a certain level of protection that's there and they this government completely disavowed John Walker and then let him go it just seemed weird it just seemed very unrealistic and i know that we're not going for the most realistic stuff in this series but you know this seems a lot more grounded in reality this this series it's not like you know your wandavision where there's a bunch of magic and stuff you know this 
you know, I want to see consequences for people's actions or inactions, as it were. Why is there no guilt on on Bucky or Sam's behalf right now for letting him have the shield and then he did with it what he did? I mean, I guess it's there, but I just want to see more of that stuff. I don't need the training montage. I don't need the guys doing acrobatics and fighting each other. And I know that's weird, uh, but I guess I just want character stuff more now. Um, the, the, the peak of action moments was at the end of end game with the portals. Like you <laughs> nobody's ever going to top that ever in their life. So t- g- give me smaller stuff now. Uh, but wow, that, that's a lot just for that, that introductory scene. Uh, what else happens in this episode? We have, uh, we have Elaine from, from Seinfeld coming to, to give John Walker a deal, uh, give him an opportunity, it seems. Uh, I believe in the comics she's known as Madame, Madame Hydra, so maybe we're going to see some Hydra action in here. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. It seems like she's just pretty much going to be providing Walker with the resources and intel he needs to, to be a vigilante and dispatch his own version of justice as long as it falls within her lines. Uh, we have the whole bit with Zemo at the uh, memorial in Sokovia and... I mean, while it's cool that he just went willy-nilly into <laughs> into the Dormalaje's uh, custody, I thought he was going to go into a Wakandan prison, but they bring him to the raft, which, once again, is super weird because the raft was something that was put in place by Thunderbolt Ross. Like, if why are you adhering to the systems of the United States government when it's your king who needs justice? It, it I don't know. It just seemed weird. Um but I guess for the most part, Wakanda does want to stay out of the public light. So, you know, they'll just take Zemo there where he can't escape. Unless, of course, Steve Rogers comes to break him out because, you know, Steve broke out. Hawkeye. Wanda. Sam. I want to say Paul Rudd. Oh, Scott Lang. <laughs> yeah, he you know, he broke all of them out of the raft. So. Uh, but yeah, so. uh This moment where Bucky seemed like he was going to shoot Zemo and didn't, like, I guess it was kind of cool, but when you really think of the idea that Bucky just had to show up with a handgun in one hand and a a handful of uh, bullets in the other hand just to make that statement, we already know that he didn't want to kill again. We already know that he doesn't want to hurt people. We already know he's no longer the Winter Soldier. So that just seemed a little weird to me. I really did like this moment where Sam and Bucky are literally tossing the shield back and forth to each other to kind of decide who is going to be the next Captain America. You know, we finally acknowledge race, which is which is great. Um, you know, Bucky, you know, finally acknowledges like we didn't know what it would mean for a black man to have that shield. And we're sorry about that. Uh, but also it seemed very after school, especially. But also, I keep going back and forth with this, but also we should normalize men sharing their feelings more often out loud uh, so that way they don't keep it in and become violent dicks like John Walker. Uh, So they literally said everything they had to say. That was all the character development that was needed. We know what Bucky's motivation is. All right, when you find Carly, let me know. I'll be there regardless. Go make amends. We have Torres, who's just... Torres is Sam's deus ex machina or whatever like he is always there to bail him out yeah i found the scans all right i know someone who did this and got that like he is always down to help sam regard we didn't even know what he was scanning for he's like oh we found this signature just before it happens blah blah blah. we got everything in need for you don't worry about the technical details which it just seems like lazy writing to me yes give me the technical details i do worry about those i want i i want to know maybe it's just me and if it is then that's fine uh, also, I, I skipped the scene with Isaiah and Sam, which was heart-wrenching, tear-jerking, whatever you want to call it. 
you know, when he says that they'll never let a black man be Captain America. And what's more, no self-respecting black man should ever want to be. And, you know, that that hit home hard. I mean, I'm not a black man who's joined the military, but, you know, just knowing about the history of the military and the history of the United States and how through propaganda they've been able to trick the working class and people of color into fighting against their own interests by fighting for a country that constantly suppresses them and keeps them in check from attaining true liberty you know, that, that's that been going through my mind this whole time. I don't even think Sam should be Captain America by the end of this. I wonder if his suit from Wakanda is going to have the stars and stripes. I kind of hope it doesn't, but they really have to, right? This is about him becoming Captain America and, I guess, making his own version of that because he had the side from Bucky. He had the side from, you know, the opinion of uh, of his sister, the opinion of, of Isaiah. And, you know, it's now up to him. Nobody's training him. It's up to him to decide what the shield is going to mean, what it's going to represent when it's in his hands. And, you know, maybe that's just a, a commentary on how, as hopefully the United States becomes more progressive, I mean, I don't see it happening, but if it does in the future and there's a revolution or whatever, like, like the people who are in control, if they don't look like Anglos, are going to have to decide what do these stars and stripes mean to us now? Because what they were founded on was our oppression. Can we take this and, and reclaim it and make it our strength? Uh, so... So yeah, I definitely see Isaiah's point, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see Sam, what what and who Sam becomes in this next episode. And uh, I guess to close out, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this uniform looks like. That's another thing too, right? The vibranium from the shield most likely came from Wakanda, but maybe in another dimension. Um, unless Steve came back and got it from the six one six universe, and then like brought it to to Sam, whatever. That's a, that's a possibility too, I guess. Uh, I don't necessarily have any theories for how this is going to end. I just think it's going to be an absolute fuster cluck. There's going to be so much smashed into the last episode. I mean, at least they got rid of Zemo in this one, but there's still a lot to maintain, uh, you know, to, to close up. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what this costume looks like because we have the incredible drip from Wakanda and the technology from Wakanda, they probably gave him wings also, yet he also has the shield. So it's going to be really cool to see what it what it becomes. And also, like, this isn't the United States giving him the shield or giving him his uniform. Like, this is this is the most authentic version of, of Cap that he can be. You know, Wakanda is literally, like, it's, you know, a black utopia. It's an African utopia. It's on the continent. So... We're going to see where that goes. And lastly, we also have to worry about the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, having <laughs> having their meeting in New York. The Global Council is all getting together in one place to have a meeting in New York, despite the fact that there's a terrorist group that has been trying to bring them down specifically. Uh, it is on the top floor of a building in New York City, which is definitely great for escaping. I'm being sarcastic if you can't tell. And uh, and there's, there don't seem to be any government entities overseeing this meeting. Like, there's, uh, I mean, they said that the senator, I guess there are, like, you know, politicians involved in the GRC from around the world. But 
I don't know. It just seems weird. But we've also confirmed that the GRC doesn't necessarily care about people. So, like, yeah, Carly was right all along. There are a couple people who are like, they're, they're not cattle. But this guy who's running it, or seems to be running it, he's definitely the most outspoken. So that's what we're led to assume. You know, he's, oh, I could I could have 19 million refugees moved by, you know, just by making a phone call. Like, yeah, we see that all these people who are sitting up in their ivory tower with suits and ties, they don't really have the best interests at heart for people who are, are refugees who are, who are misplaced or displaced right now. Thanks to the blip being reversed. I hope they get theirs. I hope Carly gets redeemed. Uh, Oh, (laughs) John Walker uh, in the post credits, he's doing his own Iron Man thing. He's doing a MacGruber thing. For those of you who don't know about MacGruber, John Walker is now him. Making life-saving inventions out of household materials, John Walker. He made a Captain America shield, John Walker. All right, uh, that's enough of that. But yeah, we'll see where that goes. That's uh, that's fine. His his arm is healed already, so you can tell that super soldier serum's going into effect. Also, you can also tell that he's like not right. His his recollection of events uh, either is off or he's convincing himself that it was another way. Uh, by, you know, saying that Lamar was the one who was killed by Nico and, you know, but in his head at the beginning, you could see, he could tell that he should have listened to Lamar and didn't go in and shouldn't have gone in, but he didn't. With all of that, it is time to get on to Ty's half of this mini review. Ty, take it away. Hey, this is Ty from the Politipop podcast reviewing the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode five, Truth. Uh, so this episode gave us some really, really, really good character moments, but was also uh, a little uneven, I think, in terms of uh, its writing and pacing. We, we definitely got some weird moments, but uh, let's just kind of run through it real quick here. Um, John Walker refuses to give the shield up, and of course, you know, Sam and Bucky take him down in a really awkward fight scene. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a bad fight scene, but it, it wasn't great, um, and Bucky was the world's greatest assassin, right? He's probably one of the most well-trained human beings in existence. He has some variation of a super soldier serum. He has a metallic arm. Uh, he has all these things that should allow him to kick Walker's ass, and he can't, right? He could go toe-to-toe with Steve Rogers. He's fought Black Panther, but... John Walker gives him a hard time. And even with him and Falcon, they really struggle until eventually they break his fucking arm and take the shield off, which was kind of funny and cool. Uh, But Walker is totally just off the deep end. And I think he kind of needs some sort of therapy, uh, psychologist help. Like, he's definitely suffering from, from some effects of seeing his friend die and the super soldier serum. And I think it's, you know, it's not okay to, uh, to just be like, oh, he's he's evil, you know. He he definitely needs some help, and you know, after this, he's kind of uh, he's not arrested, surprisingly, I guess. But they, uh, I think, they dishonorably discharge him. They strip him of all his benefits and basically tell him to go fuck himself. And he has this cool speech where he's kind of like, "You made me, you made me," you know. Um, this is just seeing what the U.S. military does to soldiers again, right? They don't give a fuck. What happens to you when you get back? So you do what they want for your entire career, and then they just throw you to the curb. And again, Walker did something pretty horrible. He committed murder. But they did kind of push this this Captain America ideal on him, uh, and he obviously needs some sort of you know help, and they don't provide that for him. There's no court-appointed therapy, nothing. They just kick him to the curb, which is probably a pretty big mistake. 
So yeah, they kicked John Walker to the curb and uh, totally not making him a supervillain, right? And he eventually goes to see Lamar's family and uh, he tells them, you know, what what happened and that he killed the man responsible for Lamar's death and lies to them. But I think in a way he was trying to lie to himself to try to move on. Uh, but, you know, he, he gets this really emotional speech from his... From Lamar's mother saying things like, you know, oh, he was so proud of you being Captain America. It was such an honor for him to fight by your side. He'd be so proud that you killed the man who killed him. So, of course, this leads to Walker wanting to uh, actually get revenge on Carly, um, which I'm sure we'll see him attempt probably in the next episode. Uh, and and then we kind of spend a lot of time with Sam and Bucky. Bucky goes with Z- to Zemo to find him and, and take him back in. There's this moment where it looks like he's going to assassinate him, even though we really know he's not going to. And then he drops the bullets very dramatically. And I thought the acting on Sebastian Stan's part was good. And, and also on uh, on Zemo, I forgot the actor's name, um, Daniel something or other. But, uh, you know, it, it was kind of over the top here. It's like, why, why even do this? I guess he was just fucking with Zemo. I don't know. Uh, and then, you know, Sam goes to see Isaiah in one of my two favorite scenes in this episode. And, Isaiah, you know, basically um, tells him that, you know, he's wasting his time by trying to be Captain America. You know, he tells him how they lied to all the men they experimented on, himself included, told him they were getting tetanus shots and put him out in the field. And some of them started dying. And there was even a point where there was a prisoner of war camp and uh, the government was going to bomb it to hide the evidence. But he went in, he saved those, those men because they were his brothers. And then they put him in jail and they tortured him for 30 years and experimented on him. And finally, he, you know, he says to Sam, he looks at the shield and says, you know, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And even if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. And he's got a point here, right? I mean, you know, the treatment he got was was disgusting. You know, Steve Rogers was considered this, this heroic figure and Isaiah is considered a criminal. Um, and, you know, Sam, they convince him to give up the shield and they give it to a white guy. So... You know, uh, in a world where black men are still gunned down in the streets by police, even in the Marvel Universe, we, we kind of saw them allude to this. You know, why would a black person want to be Captain America, represent a country that has enslaved, abused, uh, and just mistreated an entire race of people? You know, he's got a point here, and I think this definitely gets into Sam's head a little bit. And then Sam decides he's going to fix up the boat for his family in a storyline that I personally don't give a fuck about. I don't care about this boat. Uh, it just seems really like shoehorned in to give him some sort of character and story outside of being falcon slash captain america and uh but we get this like fun montage where he calls on favors from the neighborhood because his parents always helped everybody out and we see all the people come to help and of course bucky shows up and uses his arm to make a difference on fixing the boat yada 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 we have a funny part where he's hitting on sam's sister uh and, and it's just like whatever it's a funny little like buddy cop kind of montage here where they're working together and Sam convinces Bucky to stay over the house. And, uh, you know, Bucky has this moment where he wakes up and, and Sam's nephews are playing with the shield. And he's like, hey, guys, you know, and they run away. It, it was There's some cute moments here. Um, and we get some really good Sam and Bucky stuff. And I think the dialogue between them here is a lot stronger than in earlier episodes. You know, they're still not the best of friends, obviously. But, uh, you know, they have that moment where they're kind of, you know, they're bickering as usual. It's kind of their thing. But then they go in the backyard and they're throwing the Captain America shield around. They're bouncing it back and forth between each other. And they're having this heart-to-heart, you know. And and Bucky says to Sam, 
you know, I don't think Steve Rye knew what it meant for a black man to take the shield. So I'm sorry. You know, he recognizes that the kind of pressure that this put on him and what that shield kind of represents. And I think he understands finally why Sam was hesitant to take it. And I'm really glad they embraced this because I feel like they touched on it early and they really just didn't talk about it much. And it made Sam not as important or, or feel not as realized in his own show as I think he could have been. This is the first time I really see him uh, kind of come into his own. And of course, you know, um, he also tries to help Bucky out by telling Bucky, you know, like, you, you know, you got to stop letting other people tell you who you are. Because Bucky says, you know, the shield rep is like a lot, the closest thing I have to family. And like, you know, I felt like if you put the shield down, then, then you know, I question myself, I question you, I question Steve. You know, and Sam's like, you got to be your own man. You know, you're not the Winter Soldier anymore. Like, be Bucky Barnes. And he tells him to truly make amends. He has to go and not just, you know, take down the bad guys that he helped as, as a Hydra agent or, you know, be mysterious, but actually go to some of these families. He says, like, start with one and tell them what happened. You know, give them closure. And, I mean, this is a little shoehorned in because I, I think he's going to return to uh, the elderly gentleman that he was hanging out with in the first episode who didn't know what happened to his son, and he's probably going to tell him finally what happened. So I think that's where this is leading pretty clearly. But, uh, you know, it's still it's it's a valid point, and I think uh, Bucky really does need to kind of make amends truly to, to be free and stop having these nightmares and stuff. And they have a cool moment where they both, you know, they're kind of walking away. They're, Bucky's getting ready to leave, and they're talking about, like, what their relationship is. And, you know, they, they shake hands, yada, yada, yada. And Bucky's like, call me when you have a lead. I'll come help you out. And they're like, oh, we're partners or work friends or whatever. And, like, we had a friend. Uh, but he's gone, so now we're just a couple of guys. It's kind of a funny moment, but it, it does kind of sum up their relationship. They're not really sure where they're at. I wouldn't call them friends. I don't think they would either, but there's a there's a mutual uh, respect there. And I think they finally did a good job showing that and writing that for these two characters who are the title characters of the show, right? And who I assume will be working together for many years to come, the way Falcon worked with Captain America or even Bucky worked with him. So... Uh, we'll see how that goes. And then, you know, ultimately Sam decides he's going to train. He's going to learn how to use the shield, you know, just as good as Steve. Definitely better than John Walker. And he does a bunch of gymnastics and athletic stuff. And he's running marathons. And he's, you know, doing cartwheels and throwing the shield around. And almost chopping his own head off when he tries to catch it. But, you know, I guess it gets to the point where like, oh, look, he's trained. So this is the montage episode for me. A lot of montages. Montage of fixing the boat montage of using the shield the montage episode but uh you know sam gets ready and bucky leaves him one last gift and i believe it's going to be his new costume made from uh from the people of wakanda but we don't we see sam open the case at the end but not actually reveal what it is uh and we know carly is going to make one ultimate attack in new york city um as as the grc i believe they're called is going to make a vote so i guess trying to figure out what to do with refugees from the snap, right? I guess they're trying to figure out where to put where to put all these people and what to do with them. And obviously, the government's failing. They're not doing their job. And that's why people like Carly have risen up uh, because capitalism sucks, right? But at the same time, Carly wants to do you know some terrorist attack to stop the vote and et cetera, et cetera, a bunch of stuff that that's happening. And it looks like uh, you know Sam knows it's coming and he's going to stop them. And that's kind of where where the episode ends. So. Uh, you know, next episode, I'm sure we'll get some, we'll get a lot of action. We'll get John Walker coming in as, as the U.S. agent, his own, uh, his own creation. Uh, you know, Bucky, I'm sure will finally tell the old man what happened to his son. Yeah, we're gonna get a couple of those moments. Um, so again, this was an okay episode. It had some cool moments. Um, 
it was longer than I think a couple of the other ones were too, but I feel like at the same time it didn't necessarily push the story forward that much, but uh, you know, this is all leading to, I, I guess, Fal Falcon becoming Captain America, I guess what this whole season's been about, and Bucky finally, finally letting go of being uh, a Winter Soldier, and I guess he'll become the White Wolf. Who knows, but uh, I hope the finale is good. I guess we're going to find out next week for the Politipop Podcast. I've been Ty. Wow, dude, thank you so much for your input. I really appreciate it. It's always good to have another set of eyes and ears on this stuff. I have definitely 100% listened to Ty's review before recording this part. For those of you who want more of the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Antonia Hava for logo design. We will be releasing a housekeeping episode this Friday in which we are covering uh, current events going on, uh, mostly within the United States. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's going to be our, our thing as we decompress and discuss current events. If you want to follow us, you can find us on social media. Just search up the Politipop podcast. Or if you want to email us and let us know your theories or thoughts, you can find us at politipopcast at gmail.com. That's right. Email us at politipopcast at gmail.com. And as always, not for these mini reviews, but for all of our other ones, you can find our show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com because it is very important to provide sources when you're saying important things. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>